0: For the last few weeks, you've heard me mention that Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Microformulas. Well, you've also heard me talk about my long list of health issues, endometriosis, rheumatoid arthritis, anxiety, ADHD, and I spent almost a year fighting C. diff. Well, I've been taking Microformulas products for over a year now, and I've never felt better. If you're curious to give the products a try, visit microformulas.com and use the code ID. Feb 15 for an extra 15% off at checkout. That's f e b 15. Visit Microformulas online at microformulas.com. A podcast about life. I mean, that's a struggle I think with every single day. Are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves.
1: Real people talking about life's real issues.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. This <laughs> is Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. We are kicking off month two of the Intentionally disruptive Podcast. Now, our series this month is called Unconventional Love Stories. We're going to chat with couples who have overcome so many. I'm talking tons of relationship obstacles just to be together. Now, this episode is episode number one of the series. It's called Am I Hard to Deal With, where we dive in to my marriage. My husband, Dave, is joining the podcast. Now, do you want to you kick this off with how we met? That's where we should start it, right?
2: I mean, we met at the dock at Water. A bar in our hometown. A bar in our hometown. My brother said, hey, uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, Shauna McNeil? I just knew you as the girl that looked like Cameron Diaz.
0: Oh, man, I've, that, times have changed. I'm like a chill Cameron Diaz now. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was one time.
0: I got to stop saying that about myself.
2: <laughs> I was totally against going out with you because I thought you were a couple years younger than me bobby lied am. to me
0: oh your brother lied to you
2: and said no she's 21 because he knew at the time i swore off dating girls that hadn't this is so funny looking back on this because i, I was so like irrational but i was like i'm not dating any girls who haven't turned 21 because they need to go through their bar phase because like, <laughs> the girl that <laughs>
0: the girl you're dating before me yeah like she, she turned totally 21 and phase. she went
2: nuts and just started like You know,
0: yeah, and I never went through that
2: phase. No, so I said yes, and then, then the date was set up.
0: You showed up. To this bar and i'll never forget it, okay i'm at this bar with my mom who is at a prison going away party not not <laughs> not somebody going to prison but my mom was a, a prison guard and they were sending off one of their friends who had a, got a promotion i think I, I can't remember but i remember you walking into the bar like you owned the place i will never forget what you were wearing you had an abercrombie polo shirt on okay you had abercrombie jeans and you had flip-flops at the time i thought you had the prettiest feet but when you walked in you were high-fiving people i owned the place you owned the place like you were in your bar which is funny because i think you were projecting because you were in your bar hopping phase at that point right no
2: no, i thought i owned the place
0: I, i like legit you did you came in like you just owned everything
2: and that's what i do when i'm nervous I pretend like I own the place. My friend and I, Bryce, <laughs> were going out seven nights a week. So I come in dancing, high fiving, doing the freaking tootsie but, roll, the Tootsie roll slash
0: butterfly dance, which was big back then, right? It was like two. but this was like two big.
2: It was, but I do was like remember 2002. this. I remember hearing, "Oh hell no!"
0: <laughs> it was my mom, and
2: I thought this isn't going to go very well
0: because my mom was your mom saw
2: me in her first words she looked at me and what i was doing triggered her (laughs) to say oh hell nah (laughs) that guy was that ridiculous
0: my mom is like so hillbilly i mean the thing is that she loves you i think she loves you more than me to be honest i mean now Mm -hmm. you know so then we we hang out that night i remember being super nervous The thing I found out later was you met up with other girls. So we met, we had a blind date. We exchanged phone numbers and then you left me to go meet other girls. Yeah, we had them lined up.
3: Oh my
2: God. We had them lined up. You
0: are so lucky I did not find that out until like way later. But
2: here's the deal. They stood us up. Yeah. I left thinking like telling myself that you weren't my type. And then you and I went our separate ways. Yeah. So I went back to school. I was going
0: back to Minneapolis.
2: Mm-hmm. I was planning
0: my move back to Minneapolis. Hey, you
2: were going to enroll in uh, improv school. Or yeah. Something, right. Yeah. So then it was Monday morning, I think, or Monday, at some point, Monday after class, I see an ICQ message pop up. <laughs> if you guys <laughs> don't know what ICQ is, is basically like it messenger. It was a jam back yeah, in the day. It was messenger. And Stacy, your friend Stacy said, what'd you think about Shonda? And I said, she's not my type. Now I could pretend like I was doing that on purpose to like pique your interest, the truth was like, I just was scared and that's what I said. And, uh, lo and behold,
0: I was right behind Stacey behind her. reading your messages. I've said this many times now, like going through all of my therapy sessions. That was kind of like a, uh, the competitive side of me got to me at that point. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not your type. Like, well, are you kidding me? Dive into Like, what did you, what did you mean by that? Like now present day, what was it about me? That wasn't your type.
2: I never dated blondes. Um, I never flat
0: chested, tall blondes like I, myself. I always
2: <laughs> dated girls with ample bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Please actually, don't say that. I know it's terrible. Um,
0: you like short, curvy figured girls, right? Yeah.
2: I'm not saying I wasn't attracted to you. I was just very, in my mind, I had this type and, um, you know, you were attractive, but the best part of you, I didn't see until we met later up at school when you came up to visit me.
0: I can't remember how we reconnected, but we ended up talking on the phone like nonstop. I remember sitting outside my mom's house on her porch just talking for hours. Yeah.
2: And I remember getting off the phone and being charged up. The best part was the conversations and how you made me feel about myself. And it's a whole new world opened up where I realized that you could have like dreams with someone, you know, it was, it was just a whole nother level that I didn't even realize could exist with somebody that, you know, you you were dating.
0: Well, cause we, we talked. I mean, I, I'll never forget when we talked for hours and then finally I drove up to see you at school. And I think that was kind of like the moment for me as well. Like for me personally, I'd only dated like one or two guys before you. And I'm like, I don't know. It was something just, clicked at that point it's like okay we're super young we get serious super fast i think shortly after that i mean i remember us sitting at a little pizza place and us talking about getting married i mean shortly after and then i moved back to minneapolis to follow my radio career and you're in the throes of a music career you leave nursing school Mm -hmm. playing gigs all over here i am chasing radio you finally end up moving to minneapolis to be with me and we are trying to build our profession. I mean, you're again chasing your music career. I'm chasing my radio career, but somehow we stayed connected, and I'm shocked by that. At this point, it's like I cannot believe we've lasted this long.
2: Well, we tried to sabotage it
0: so many times. <laughs> like, you
2: wrote that journal entry to test me.
0: Yeah, I did. I, this d- is I, this
2: is one particular example, by the way. She wrote a journal entry to I, test I me because she had trust issues, which I totally get. At the same time, I was having some trust issues as well. Yeah. Questioning I, whether or not it, this is all too much too soon. Yeah. And then I read your freaking After diary. I told you After not She to, told me not to. Yeah. I read it. And I
0: left it out to see if you would read it because you were at my apartment by yourself. Yeah.
2: But we still got through that.
0: Our relationship scared the hell out of me because, mm. again, it happened so fast that I was like, "This can't, this can't, this can't be real. Like, we can't. I'm too young to find somebody this soon, but however, we were just drawn to each other, Just con- we just connected on such a deep level that I, again, trying to sabotage it because I didn't think that that was possible. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to get it out of the way now, like, oh, can I trust him? And still working through that, and then you writing like three albums
2: of <laughs> 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 our relationship, writing
3: all those songs.
2: Projecting all of my mess onto you.
0: So I'm chasing my radio career, and then you propose to me on the radio show. Mm-hmm. And you did, um, I wish, I, can we play that?
2: Yeah, we I mean.
0: Dave actually proposed to me on my morning radio show. I was hosting morning radio. I think we were in Mankato, Minnesota at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, he did I Want to Grow Old With You from the movie from, um, oh, Wedding Singer.
4: Yeah, ripped this, off Adam Sandler. You did. <laughs> and I, In fact, let me just kind of scoot out of the way here for a minute. What? what? Scroll with you oh oh I'll get you medicine When your tummy aches I'll build your fire if the furnace breaks Oh, it could be so nice Growing old with you oh my God. I'll miss you I'll kiss you I'll give you my coat when you are cold I need you, I'll feed you I'll even let you hold the remote control So let me do the dishes in our kitchen sink I'll put you to bed when you've had too much to drink I wanna be the man who grows old with you Girl. I want to grow old with you.
3: What did you do? Yeah.
4: Sweet thing. <laughs> yes. Will you marry me?
0: Yes! <laughs> All right, so now we're engaged. Mm-hmm. That was horrific, only because two weeks before our wedding, I wake up with Bell's palsy. The entire right side of my face was completely paralyzed. Yeah.
2: And that was, whole was that drama, a sign? we didn't know it was Bell's Posse. We thought you had a stroke. I was working an hour and a half away in Minneapolis. I get a call that your fiance just had a stroke. So like there's that. They
0: rushed me to the emergency room. I was, I was doing the radio show and my mouth started going numb. And my morning show partner at the time was like, Shonda, you gotta go to the hospital. Your face looks strange. Like it looks weird, like it's hanging down. I'm like,
3: what do you mean, yeah. what do you mean?
0: And I remember thinking, is this like a sign? Like, cause now we have to cancel our photographer. There was so much stress. We, had again, we just had a huge fight the night before. And I think our fight probably had a lot to do with you traveling a lot with mm-hmm. music and me you know, putting my radio career at the front line, you know, and ha- that was kind of more important at that time than anything. So it seemed that I don't think that really was.
2: Well, it was, it was income. It like was, yeah. I was playing music, but yeah. I was putting all the money back into the band. So that was stressful as well on us. And all my money um, was going really, towards us. Yeah. And there really wasn't, I wasn't communicating any sort of plan with that. I was just like, had stars in my eyes that I was going to be this rock star. Yeah. There has never been a marriage on the face of the planet last the music business. Alone, yeah. let alone radio and music, and then zero communication. But then, shortly after you had Bill's posy, a hurricane hit our honeymoon spot. It Did around the same time, your grandfather got rushed to the hospital. They thought he had a heart attack.
0: My mom got bit by a spider. Mom got bit by a spider like two days before the wedding, and she had to be. We had to rush her to the emergency room.
2: Yep, the horse and buggy didn't show up to take us to our reception.
0: It was like one of those things that just like one thing after the other just kept happening. It's like, "Oh my gosh." Red Flag City. Red Flag City. I mean, from start to finish at this point, from yeah. start to up until our wedding, there were so many things at that point. After we get back from our honeymoon, we get back to Minnesota, then you move back to Ohio shortly after. It was pretty Yeah, we it was legit, Shortly,
2: by all counts, we separated you and I it wasn't like something that we both talked about and it was like it wasn't I pretty much told you I was going to do that
0: I stayed in Minnesota you went back to Ohio for your music career and you had a bunch of tour dates lined up and you wanted to be with your brother who was your bandmate Mm -hmm. so you had to travel and then I stayed obviously in Minnesota for my radio career and we were separated what I remember it being like October
2: it was like six months
0: October through February Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and that six months that we were apart I came to the conclusion that we were done, yeah. that our, our marriage was over because I felt that I wasn't a priority yeah. and we weren't spending time together. And we didn't even get to create that home life, you know, right from the beginning. So- yeah.
2: And I had a chip on my shoulder cause I was thinking we're chasing your radio career. Yeah. I should be able to chase my dream as well.
0: And then I got the call of a lifetime to do morning radio in Indianapolis, which had only have been three hours from our hometown. Mm-hmm. And so it like was gonna work out that I'll be Indianapolis and then Dave can just travel back. That was kind of the mindset. However, at that point, I think you and I were fighting so much cause you were always gone and I just felt so lonely and I was just pissed all the time. You were discouraged cause I was always on you. Like, you know, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know?
2: looking back on that, I wasn't ready to get married. I was in love with you, but I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. I didn't even know what love was.
0: Like, I was all about us mm-hmm. at that point. I, I did go through my phase where I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm done.
2: Well, we, you came home and we had a, a meeting at Granny's Pizza. And you Granny's asked me, Pizza <laughs> in
0: Londonderry, Ohio. And yeah, you right. asked
2: me if I really wanted to be married.
0: I went there with every intention on saying that we just need to get an annulment. Yeah. And you talked me out of it.
2: Which may, I don't know, I'm, I'm obviously glad we didn't, but it would have been way better for you if we did.
0: Why do you say that? You always say that
2: because I was constantly in your ear, m- trying to manipulate you into getting back to Ohio, yeah. so I could have the yeah. best of both worlds. Right. So I could be married, be close to my family, uh, my my you know my uh, you know mom and dad and grandparents and brother. Yeah, be close to um, my friends. I wasn't in a place to lift you up because I was so selfish and and lacking of self awareness at the time that that's what I mean. Like, who knows what you would have done. So I look back on that time and think, I just dragged you down all well, of those years. That's but, how I feel.
3: But I
0: had a great radio career. I, I did know.
2: in spite of me,
0: well, uh, yeah. which ended up
2: being... <laughs> a song
0: that yeah. you wrote about me. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um. You know, I think that um, as I work on myself and my self-awareness back then, yeah, there are so many like, kind of red flags, but it all boils down to I just believed in us. I don't know, it's Mm. weird. I just believed in us and I believed in you. I mean, even down to your music career, I mean, you were in nursing school. You weren't even gonna play music and I listened, you played for me one night after, you know, we had a date night, you know, we, we'd only been dating for what, a couple of weeks and you played for me and i remember, never forget it. We were in your parents' living room and I'm like, you should do something with this. And you're yeah. like, oh no, I'm in, I'm in nursing school. And I'm like, no, you need to pursue this. You're so good. And you know, I helped you with a plan. I remember driving you around and we were throwing up handbills and I remember doing photo shoots and taking your pictures. And we had this plan as a couple We had this plan of how we were going to get you there, what we're going to do, and then somewhere along the road, you just went your own way and kind of left me out to dry. And I think, with, you know, with my struggle was, my job was bringing an income. And with the music, you wanted to do, you were taking that to put back into the band, which was fine. I was still supportive of that. But where I think my confusion always came from was the fact of, like, how can you not be supportive of my career and want to do everything you want to do when my job is actually bringing us in money so you can pursue your dreams. And we're Mm -hmm. kind of both doing what we want to do. And I think that sometimes was was very one-sided.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, from day one, you lifted me up. And I did. I never, I, uh.
0: you did lift me up though you always we went through phases please don't cry are you gonna cry do we need to get tissues you always lifted me up you did babe you did we went through phases where it felt selfish but most of the time you were there you're my biggest supporter i think that's what was so confusing for me and what i held on to that's what it was i was confused because when we were great we were great When it was bad, it was bad. And at that time being so young, I mean, think about that. We were so young and I had my own issues. I have my own issues. It's not just you. I mean, I held on, I saw all those red flags. I probably felt that you weren't ready to get married. And I still kept going with it, going along with it. And I, I just believed in us as a couple, but also a lot of it had to do with probably my abandonment issues with me growing up and just, you know, trust. I finally found somebody I could like be with and trust and build that's that trust with.
2: I used to, you know, you, you, tell the story of when, when I said you weren't my type that you, your competitiveness kicked in and yeah. that wasn't it. You were triggered in an unhealthy way. Probably. So yeah. that's what I mean when I say it would have been better for you. Now, do I like, as we've gone through this together, I feel like we're, I couldn't imagine not being together. We've gotten like, when we've got both, when we've got our energy pointed in the same direction, I'd, I would put us up against anybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Anybody. Like, I'll put us up against Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> I swear to God. No,
0: I know what you mean. And, and I think that's a side that people see all the time with us.
2: And, but the thing is, like, it came from an unhealthy place. Yeah, and, I agree. And I, I break down sometimes because I, I remember all of from, – from the get-go, I was always felt like I was undeserving of doing what I wanted to do. And then you instantly made me feel like I was. Mm-hmm. And you were right. Because mm-hmm. shortly after, like, we built a nice following. And,
0: oh, yeah, you guys blew up.
2: And uh, and then I just got greedy and selfish. And, Let and it go to your like, head. You, you didn't, your stuff didn't matter.
0: It's Again, I was very unhealthy mentally as well at that time. I was, I think we both were selfish because I was always on for the next move, the bigger market, the more money, the you know, bigger radio market. And I think you and I were just both on this kind of on the same same path individually that just clashed the whole way up. But we stayed together. And I think that's the most important part is that we stayed together.
2: Yeah, 100%. Hey, guys, it's Adam. And not only am I executive producer of Intentionally Disruptive, but also good friends with both Shonda and Dave. In fact, Shonda and
4: I, I would consider best friends. We've known each other a long time. Uh, I've spent 12 years with the two of them. As you can hear in the podcast, both
2: good times and bad, but one of my favorite things about Shonda and Dave is whenever you are in their home, you never know when you're going to find yourself in a family musical. People will just burst out in song. Everything's a song. And the two of them are pretty in sync. In fact, they don't even have to be in the same room to join in. Listen to this one, one of my favorites, Caught on Tape. Watch this. Shonda doesn't know. She doesn't know I'm in here playing, but she loves the song.
4: Well, I'm gonna start out walking. Just you wait and see. Oh, honey, doctor, you, oh you big mouth woman. Well we can work this out oh, Yes ma'am, I think you can. I love you, sir. <laughs> well I stole the whole diamond, Hoping I can shut your mouth. But
3: so how I
4: my, dad, my dad. Oh you big mouth woman. Oh, 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 yes, ma'am, I think you can. Yes, you can. Well, I bought you a first-class ticket on a luxury liner cruise. I got out
3: in the ocean, looked around,
4: and there was you. Oh, you big mouth woman! Get along,
3: lady,
4: get off Well, we can't work this out. Yes, ma'am. I think you can. Oh, I think you can. Well, I bought you a big, long limousine. But I don't want your car. I gave my love and everything. But you're still what you are. You're just a big mouth woman. You're way if you talk to me. Yeah. Well, we can work this out. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am.
1: Make no mistake. That was intentional. Intentionally disruptive with Shauna McNeil. You
0: know, I guess we should fast forward to what? We get to Indianapolis, we both agree, okay, we're gonna try and make this work. We moved to Indianapolis. I do morning radio. That was short lived. It was just a bad, a bad mix with the show that I was with. It just we just did not connect. We just clashed. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up going back to Ohio. That's where we had our son. Mm -hmm. so here we are we are in ohio you are pursuing your music career i'm still in radio but i'm doing radio sales at the time and things were pretty good i think and then we got pregnant with our with our son and man that was like i think that was the game changer for me personally like okay we have to be responsible we can't be moving around as much we can't be chasing all these things we have we have what we need right here we have a home we have careers cause you were playing music and you had a full time job outside of that, uh, in marketing. And so we were just kind of building our life. It was almost like it was perfect. Yeah. Well, for me on my end.
2: Yeah. I still struggled for a few years after that. You know, I don't think it's all men, but it takes us a long, it takes us a little longer to grow up, I think. And for many years after that, like how he was born, you know, you see guys and I get jealous of them. They're like about my age when they're, You know, when their kids are born and they instantly know what their purpose is and their purpose is that child and their wife and their family and they go all in for their family. I was still like one step removed going all in on myself because I thought my purpose was to be a musician. Yeah. And that like, I don't want to turn this into like a sappy, sad thing, but like that's still where my head was.
0: You can turn this into whatever you want. This is our this is our story that we're yeah. sharing, our unconventional love story.
2: Yeah, I just in moments like this I realize I'm I haven't put all this to bed. I know, and you need to. And I beat myself up a lot for it, over you d- it. You do,
0: you do, and we've been through therapy. I think that's one thing we didn't mention is that we have been we've seen therapists on and off our entire relationship, and I think shortly after when you know Howie was born, again that was my turning point for me was okay, we, we got to grow up now. I can't, I can't no longer chase you around playing music. Um, I can't, we gotta, I gotta stay put. So I'll stay home. And then you still pursue. I'm still obviously supportive of you doing that.
2: For a few months I did. And then I walked away reluctantly Yeah. and went into the deepest depression I've ever been in, in my life. And let's talk
0: about that because I think you walking away, I never asked you to walk away. No, you didn't. I told you that, hey, it's getting really hard because, again, my job, I'm back on the radio at this point. We're going through bankruptcy. So that's one thing we didn't mention again. Yeah. this well, is we got add, add audited the, by the IRS. We got audited by the IRS. We got...
2: Then, had, then into bankruptcy. And then
0: filed for Chapter 13 that, bankruptcy. That kind
2: of spread it. That kind of put us into it.
0: So we're new parents. Howie is six months old at this time. We're getting audited and going through Chapter 13 bankruptcy. All, I mean, it all happened so fast. You're on the road constantly playing music. I'm doing morning radio at this point. Um, and then um, my income is what's basically supporting us. Mm-hmm. And I remember hitting my breaking point, like, okay, we ha- we need some, we like can't, because we, we are new to the town that we are, what we lived in. Mm-hmm. We're at, at this point, we're in Indiana at yeah. this point. And, and it was just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's so much. We don't know anybody here. I need help with Howie. I'm getting up at 3.30 in the morning to do a show, to do a radio show. We need income. We're in Chapter 13 bankruptcy. We're getting audited. And that was my breaking point where I felt like the world was on my shoulders. So I said, look, something's got to change,
3: mm-hmm. you
0: know. And you actually said, I mean, you mentioned during that time that you wanted a divorce. Yeah. We went through that phase. And I'm like, okay. I mean, what else was I going to say? Yeah. And then I went to work, came back, and you took the divorce off the table. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that?
2: Because... I don't I just, know if we ever talked about that. I just couldn't imagine it. I could not imagine life without you. And that that's basically it. You know, I uh, there, there were always... Look, look there was always this, like, voice inside of me that was trying to lead me to the right thing. Yeah. And I was ignoring it because I thought, like, I was in my head too much. Yeah. You know? And then every once in a while, like, that voice would be louder and, and I would listen to it. I'm like, you know, you're right. And that would... And, you know, and then luckily you wouldn't, you just never picked up and left, which most people probably would have done.
0: I almost did so many times. And, and that's, I think that's the thing. Like I'm a very volatile person. Like I was like how my upbringing was you lash out in. You, you grab the first thing you see and you launch it across the room. I don't know how many times I did that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I threw a gallon of milk at your face. I mean, like we we've there's there has been some pretty knockdown drag-out fights. Legit, like fist fights. Yeah, like we have been like I mean People
2: uh, get really uncomfortable when I tell them that. Yeah. But it's true.
0: Yeah, I mean like, it's true. Yeah, and and so like when you would make me feel a certain way, like by, you know, making me feel like I wasn't important, I would lash out on another level and then it just would i mean this was we, that hasn't happened for years mm. but
2: we haven't even had a real fight in and so long it's like I mean, we still we're, a fight we're but just it's not like, it's like
0: i'm exhausted <laughs> I'm
2: just so it's tired. old married couple stuff now
0: <laughs> you want to go for a walk today so you leave music reluctantly and that's when your depression kicked in and that's when kind of like the downward spiral into, I, I mentioned this, um, I think on our last month series randomly about the emotional affair. This was kind of like the kickoff to the emotional affair at this yeah. point.
2: Yeah. And, that was what teed it up. Yeah. Over the course of a couple was of years. Was you leaving music. Yeah. Cause then I'm looking now instead of the validation from my family and the love from my family and my family being my purpose. Now I'm scanning my environment for validation. And
0: then, And then in the midst of all this, I get sick. Yeah. I get sick.
2: We couldn't find any answers.
0: Yeah, I was super sick. I had abnormal blood work. I was feeling terrible. I was like fainting um, randomly. This is our so what, howie was what about eight nine months at this point, mm-hmm. and I just got really super super sick. They diagnosed me with Meniere's disease. They diagnosed me with cancer. Cancer. I mean, they thought it was with breast psychosis. cancer. Yeah, I mean, it was. There were so many things we could not figure it out. And so again, you scanning around for the validation. Then now I'm sick. So that just kind of sinks things kind of lower Then obviously I'm still juggling my radio career. You're trying to find your way, we're raising our son. And it was just madness. It was utter madness at that point. And what my diagnosis process was, what, three years? Finally got diagnosed with stage four mm-hmm. endometriosis. Ended up getting a hysterectomy at 31. And Howie was what, five at that time, right, five or six? Mm-hmm. But like right around that hysterectomy time is when the emotional affair for you, which I didn't know at the time was completely like, it was full blown emotional affair at that point.
2: I think it was full blown after it was taking hold around yeah. that time. Yeah. The reason why I say after is it was, it was at its peak when like Halloween and we were like walking around. So it was post-surgery. You yeah. were, so I had the surgery in August. Yeah. You were kind of not necessarily healed, but pretty much. Yeah. You know? You were fully mobile. But so I was that, mentally. That was when it was at its peak and, and it, you found everything in November.
0: I found your emails. Yeah. Yeah. E- so it was like of course, between an, both of you.
2: It was like an 18 month process. Yeah. That I was talking to this woman and I knew it was wrong. That you worked with. That I worked with and I knew it was wrong. But at the same time, I wasn't doing anything physical. So that side of me was telling me I wasn't doing anything wrong. So it was like this internal struggle.
0: But you were sneaking around. But I was
2: sneaking around. That's yeah. what I was saying. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I knew I was doing something wrong. And that, this is what killed me.
0: And she completely left you hanging because she completely denied everything. I'm like, I got emails. Yeah. <laughs> she just like, no, it wasn't me. It was Whatever. I could see him right here. And, yeah. and that that right there was, the, I mean, again, another crushing point for me. And how, I mean, God, that that completely changed. I had to mourn our past relationship. I still... Again, we stuck it out. We talked through it. And again, at this point, I had just got a job offer in Houston. Make, mm-hmm. I mean, like it was a salary was just, I mean, we'd be crazy to turn that away. So I had this huge job. I told
2: you I wasn't gonna move. I
0: told you, you, yeah, you told me you weren't gonna move. And I get this huge job. And um, you know, Howie's what, six. And here's this job that, you know, I'm gonna take. I just found these emails with the emotional affair completely just I mean you talk about your ass falling out of your butt or wait your heart falling out of your butt (laughs) (laughs) it's getting late and I mean I literally none of it made sense to me none of it made sense like the person that you had the emotional affair with didn't make sense I thought I did everything right and I was doing everything right like how could this happen I mean our sex life we never have had to worry on that level our sex life was great I felt like I was giving you attention and love and care and I was there for you and so I was basically killing myself to make sure I gave everything 100 percent how that's how that was my interpretation of it but then when I really reflect on that time and what your needs were I was probably exhausted at that time I was just exhausted
2: well you you know you said you were confused I was confused as well like I I didn't even understand what I was doing. Yeah. I remember having a f- talk with my friend saying, like, I don't wonder, what am I doing, man? I was like, I love my wife. I don't love or even really like this person, but I would enjoy the attention. Yeah. I really enjoy God, the and attention. And that was so
0: hard reading those emails, not only the email exchanges between you and her, but the fact that all these people that, like, I worked with, because, you know, you worked for the hospital and the person, the girl, the woman works at the hospital, and then all these other people that I ended up working with just cross-promoting with our radio station I was doing mornings on, and I would see these people. So not only was it like heartbreaking to see the mess between you and her, but then see like realize how many people knew about it yeah. that I didn't, That yeah, so I'm, I felt so stupid and embarrassed. And then as we've talked about this, I mean, oh my gosh, we have talked about, I'm talking like no sleep nights, I mean, just, over and over and over again, trying to get understanding, you realize it had nothing to do with me and it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with what you were going through. That was basically whether you ignored it, I ignored it, but it had nothing to do with me.
2: Do you remember me saying that to you?
0: Yeah, but I didn't care that. I know. Yeah. But what
2: I mean is like, when 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 I look back on this, like I guess as I'm trying to tell myself that I'm not a piece of trash, that you there are so was so far removed. From there that. was a some still. There was like a there was good in me, like I, I knew it was in there. Like I, I knew. I told you. I remember. Like we had a lot of our fights because I really didn't feel like I did anything wrong, but I knew I did something wrong. It was so confusing and conflicting. And but at, you know, at one hand I was doing this, but at the same time I knew it wasn't. It wasn't about her. It wasn't yeah. about you. I knew. I knew there was something wrong with me. I knew, like I wasn't looking at the world. I, just my whole perspective around yeah. the world was skewed in the wrong direction. I was selfish. I lacked self-awareness. I, all of these things, like I, I, anyways, it, um,
0: it took a long time. Yeah. I think we're still, you've asked me this because sometimes it'll just randomly pop up and like, I'm still here and we're still together because I know that you are the most amazing human being. You're to me, you're the most amazing human being I know. You are the most interesting person I know. You are the greatest dad and you're the greatest husband. I could not imagine. So I've completely forgiven you for that. I've mourned our old relationship, which now that we're reflecting on it, wasn't that good. (laughs) I mean, now that's what I
2: mean. That's what I say. You would have been better (laughs) off.
0: But no, I wouldn't have because we wouldn't be here where we are.
2: Yeah. And I realize I haven't forgiven myself. I know. That's what I'm realizing too. At all. Like, I, I, it, it, but I'll why be, not? Part of me Because you know,
0: you know that you're... You know... Like you said, you know that you're a good person. You know that you you are so good. There's I'll, so I'll much good. I'll be honest good.
2: with you. I think, I think there... And I lear- and learned this as part of therapy. There is a part of me that is more comfortable with sadness. Yeah. I'm more comfortable. So I will... I have a and tendency... I and
0: I stay busy to avoid it.
2: And I have a tendency... Like, yeah. Like, I will... Here's, a, you know, I, I was talking to, um, uh, well, actually Spencer. so One of our coworkers. One of our coworkers. Yeah. Um, we were having a discussion about music and he, you know, the conversation basically came down to, he listens to music to change his mood for the better. Yeah. So he listens to music to change his state from negative to positive. That's
0: what I do too. Do
2: you know why I listen to music?
0: To make yourself sad. To
2: hit the bottom of the barrel and yeah. to stay there.
0: That's the artist in you.
2: I I want my heart to just break a thousand ways. And I just, I've, I I like, so I think there's a part of me because I have to snap myself out of it yeah. and push myself out of my head. I have to go, dude, stop. Yeah. I will play victim. Yeah. If I'm not careful, I will play victim. I will scan my environment and find people that are out to get me so that I can then feel sadness. So I think, you know.
0: And I do I, the polar opposite of that. Yeah.
2: So I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, maybe I'm wrong when I say I'm not over it. Maybe I'm maybe that I still haven't gotten over that. Or maybe you you never get past those tendencies. Maybe it's maybe the win is you're aware of them. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to go. And I, maybe I'm going on a tangent now, but. Um, this is our story. Yeah. So you go as long as you want. Yeah. So the way you do things,
0: me doing the opposite is so unhealthy because I don't sit with my feelings because I'm scared to death of them. Yeah. That that's and that is so unhealthy, and you know again I base my worth off what I do for others, and I do nothing for myself. So that's I that that's terrible. Like and, and that's just something that, that as I'm learning about myself that I've had since childhood. My mom who suffers from borderline personality disorder. My job was her to be her I'd take make sure she was happy and make sure she was okay. And maybe there's a little bit of codependency in there for me as well you know i there's a, i think there's a mixture of a lot of things i have severe anxiety i stay busy to to not sit with my feelings or my emotions because it's just too painful it's too empty cuz i always feel super lonely inside mm-hmm. and these are all unhealthy habits of mine they just so happen to be the opposite of yours and i think that's why again for some weird reason why our relationship has worked for almost 20 years and why we've stuck because that's just I don't know.
2: Like I think at the I think it, when it, at the end of the day, I know you hate that uh, that saying.
0: <laughs> when well, we just had an Easter egg in there too, we'll find the Easter egg in the story. I
2: think we were the we're the perfect match in that we're in the opposites. We were because of our traumas, yeah, our past traumas. We, if we could have figured it out, which I feel like we did, we would be able to heal each other.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we're kind of doing now. Yeah. Here's one thing you need to know.
1: Hi, this is Sarah Bybee Fisk, Life Coach with Microbe Formulas. And here's one thing you need to know about marriage. It is super common for us to get married with the idea that we are now with the person who is going to make us happy. All kinds of movies about it, songs about it, everything. But what the problem with that idea is that it gives someone else the job that is actually ours. It's my job to make me happy. It's my job to think that I'm valuable. It's my job to like me first. Because as long as I'm giving that job to someone else, it's going to be very easy for me to notice that they're not doing a very good job. And that's where a lot of my focus and attention will go. And I will try to control them so that they do a better job of making me happy. And that just puts you in a cycle of trying to get the other person in your relationship to behave the way you want them to, and that never works. So I want to offer this. Take control of what is your job to do, which is to like you, to love you, to value you, to think you're amazing, to think that you are worthy and good. Do that job for yourself and then it will totally change how you show up in every relationship in your life.
0: It's got you thinking, doesn't it? You're like, give me more. This is Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. All right. So our podcast team, they reached out to some of the listeners to see if they had any questions for us. I was actually surprised by all the questions. I was like, what? They're really good. They're really good questions. Uh, Jennifer, she's asking us, um, how do you make time for each other while juggling parenthood and busy jobs? I feel like that's the one thing that ruined my marriage. How do you make sure you always put each other first? We struggle with this. Mm -hmm. We do. I don't
2: think we do a good job. We don't. We, we don't we do try. We try. And maybe it's, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, we've, we've, uh, last year we scheduled a weekly date night and we were strong like three months. Every I'm, I'm going to give
0: you credit for that because you're the one who said, Hey, let's do weekly date nights. You asked me what day worked for me and you planned the most amazing date nights every week. I mean, like, cause that, that's usually my strong point is like planning stuff. So you wanted to challenge yourself and come up with like different creative to ideas. To do
2: something that you did, that I knew I wasn't good at. Like I could write you a song yeah all day right but I can't plan an outing to save my ass
0: <laughs> you did a good job though but you did it for how long do we do it like
2: we two, did it for like three months and three then corona months, yeah. hit and we yeah the we kind of backed out we yeah. backed off of it but,
0: so, but we, we're we not very good at it but we do we do walk yeah we do take walks we try to walk every single morning before we go to work um that's one of our things we just talk about our day sometimes we get to get
2: we also hit snooze and sleep in
0: we do, but I say, I say we're pretty good when it's decent weather out. And you know, obviously with it being the dead of winter, we're not as good, but mostly, I mean, the summer, spring, we're fall. We're walking a couple times a day and yeah. that's kind of our way to connect.
2: Yeah. But, but don't let us fool you. I don't think we're good at it. No, we're we not. just, we,
0: this is our date night. Basically yeah. <laughs> doing well, this podcast this is our date well, night.
2: Well, like, how do I say this? You know, that Johnny Cash quote. When they or that from that from that interview when somebody asked him, like, what's your what's your paradise or what's your description of heaven? Yeah. And he said in the morning with With her drinking coffee, drinking coffee. Yeah. For me, like I get goosebumps when I even say it, because that is that's how I feel. So I don't want to make it sound like it's some like magical thing that just happens, but we do end up finding our way back to each other
0: yeah so like you know we do have coffee every morning together yeah we do we sit down in our recliners and we have coffee and we may get a couple minutes to chat or we may just drink our coffee hold hands and like and then with our other hand put and our coffee down and
2: freaking and, sleepless and or no you got it's, it's mail you've got mail time, no for it's, the you, thousandth <laughs> it's
0: you've got mail it's like my favorite movie well you're not watching anyways you're checking your email
2: or no, doing whatever I've, you're doing i find something new i find a you new do, easter I guess.
0: egg oh gross <laughs> i this stupid next question phrases. Uh, okay, so here's one from Rachel. How do you guys practice fighting fair?
3: <laughs> oh my! Gosh.
2: What's your? Well, first of all, oh uh, Rachel, what is your barometer for what a fight is?
3: Because
0: <laughs> you and I are on every level.
2: Because we run the gamut. Yeah, like we've we have had physical altercations.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have. So.
2: I don't know, I, I don't know if we I think, have-
0: I think like present day, I mean we just, we don't have, I mean catch us on a bad day, there's zero boundaries.
2: Yeah, like it was just a couple weeks ago. I thought we were rolling good and you said something that was so minor and I about cleared the counter. You did. And you know, cleared everything off the counter and, and had to go take a walk.
0: So should we skip the questions? I feel like people are looking to us for like balance and actual like really good answers and, and tips
1: i don't think we were prepared for that <laughs> i don't think we have good answers
2: well because... i was about to say like i feel like every one of these i'm gonna be like well we ain't got a good answer
1: <laughs> we're
3: terrible i
2: i did i know for me i try to listen yeah uh i also take Will Butran. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, what's funny about that? I literally, I am less explosive since I've been taking that. So uh, I'd like to say I'm this reformed, like patient man. And I love uh, that, that I'm, a, I'm on zero prescription
0: medication. Like yeah. I'm zero. I'm about as raw as you can get right now. Yeah. Like every emotion, every little bit of me is right here sitting at this table right now.
2: Yeah. As I've gotten older, I have become less explosive. I've been able to, when I feel the anger rise up and all I want to do is roundhouse her. <laughs> i just push back against that and just kind of let it happen i breathe i breathe it out and then it just goes every once in a while i can't and it just comes out and i oh i black you know, out I, like whenever
0: you're for fighting i'll there black was out one time
2: i took the the door and mashed it up against the counter like five times i remember that yeah did it in the doorknob and and yeah, then that I, was fun like, before you saw it i switched it to the other side so you wouldn't see it
0: oh that's what you did um, <laughs> oh <yeah>. my
2: gosh <laughs> You know I what? just
0: black out. No boundaries.
2: Here's the other thing, though. Again, back to what you think it, people
0: listening to this are, are super uncomfortable because maybe again, probably, guess, probably, this is, we're just being completely honest and real. Like this is but how it is. Here's
2: the thing: like, what is fighting fair? We have always been advocates that you need to fight.
0: If you're not fighting, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You're and not, I've if you're seen, not communicating,
2: I've seen it play out in relationships. Yeah, where. People they, just give up. They're, they it's give not up worth fighting. They give up. It's not worth fighting anymore. And then you see it. You see it manifest in them like talking bad about each other, taking side shots, taking jabs. Shonda and I, we will straight up start fighting right in front of you. <laughs> like we will so not even hesitate.
0: Kind of what we're doing now. Like we're just completely being honest for maybe maybe you're uncomfortable listening to this, but we have zero filter. It's like if it's on our minds, it's going to happen right there, whether you know, whether you like it or not.
2: So here's my official answer. Tell me what you think about this. <laughs> okay. You need to define what fighting fair means. <laughs> okay. Define what fighting fair means. Like I've learned I'm not going to call her crazy. I'm not going to try to judge what what she did or what happened. I'm just going – and I'm going to listen. And then if I f- – at any moment, if I feel like I'm going to lose control, I leave the room or I'll go uh, for a drive or take a walk.
0: Take a walk. Or just jump out of the car like you've done Or many- jump out of the car. <laughs> 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 you've jumped out of the car so many times on your walk of tears just to get away. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'll just jackhammer. I have like the nickname in the house called the jackhammer. Yeah, Cause I just will, will
2: keep asking you questions until she gets the truth until
0: I get to the, the and, bottom of and it. And
2: even if you've told her the truth, she'll I'll ask still, you 10 more times. I know trust issues. Sure, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just as messed up as the next person. Yeah.
2: I hope that's helpful.
0: Um, so our last question, how did you, ma- how do you manage work-life balance? <laughs> we're terrible we are both actually uh, workaholics at heart i mean so, we are we so, both are we both are constantly yeah. chasing success
2: so much so that I, I think i've started to adopt the phrase work-life integration
0: oh what, when did you when, did you get on your own road <laughs> Did did you just go? Did you just draw, no, jot down your own road listen, and, and never tell me that? We've no, that's we've, new. We've
2: talked about this
0: I, in your head. We've never talked about this one. I
2: swear to God, we
0: have pinky swear.
2: I probably shouldn't say swear to God. I swear we have pinky swear. Pinky swear.
0: When on our walks. Oh, then I wasn't paying attention. And
2: and mind you, it was the original <laughs> vision. Remember when we moved to Minneapolis and you were like, "What do you want to do?" And you grow up, and I was like, oh, "When I, I grew care. up, I said."
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I, I sound like all, girl? all
2: I want to do is have freedom to just do whatever we want, live wherever we want, and and that and that's it. And but do but love our work. So yeah. that's work life integration, I think. However, we do fall out of balance. We do. A lot.
0: And I have a tendency, again, my my whole thing is I base my worth off of what I'm doing for others. That includes my job, you, my husband, and, and Howie um, as my son, I I will put, every, put myself last to make sure that I'm not dropping the ball in other areas. And again, that's why I'm like a sickly 87 year old woman, because I'm going to kill myself trying to do all these things. So when I give work 100, I try to give work 100%, you 100%, and Howie 100%. And most of the time, as now I'm getting older, I fail miserably often.
2: For me, it's all about perspective. I, uh, and listening to you. So I, for the first time in my life, the last two years, my annual goals, the the top three have nothing to do with me. Yeah. So that's what kind of keeps me in balance. Like this year, it's the year of Howie. I'm all in on helping helping him with basketball.
0: He's all about dad too, which is Greg. He, he's always been my like partner in crime. Like yeah. him and I have always been. Like, he's always been a mama's boy, so to speak. Yep. And now he's in dad mode. So like I'm I'm struggling with that. I mean, I have a meltdown probably daily on him not wanting to hang out with me. Last, <laughs> like he's 12 and he's like, Mom, I want to play basketball with Dad. Yeah.
2: Last year, one of my annual goals was to, and it was more of a, a habit goal. It was to to do a weekly date night with you. So. I think it's, um, I know, I mean, it's, it's in the word balance, but it's, you know, I think if you set yourself up, at least this is, at least this is work. I don't have the answer. This is what's working for me right now, right? Yeah. Is setting yourself up to put your family ahead of your work and scheduling that time so that it's not quote unquote soft time so that it's not easily taken, but you still will. And you have to be kind to yourself and you have to listen to each other. Like when you call me out about working too much, I get pissed. I know you do. But once I push back against that emotion, I just kind of let it process. I realize I'm so blessed and lucky that you will tell me that. Yeah. Because that to me, I've learned is my, that's my alarm. Whenever you have now spoke up to tell me I'm not spending enough time with the family. That's my alarm clock to go, dude, snap out of it. You need to rearrange stuff. It's just getting a little out of control. That was our last question.
0: Kay. So can we just like recap? Married young, mm-hmm. married super young. We had illness. Fifteen plus moves.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Chasing music career, chasing a radio career.
2: Separated.
0: Almost divorced, probably twenty-seven times. Bankruptcy, I think I even, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy
2: audit. House foreclosed.
0: IRS audit. Didn't house talk about close. the
2: cars that got repoed.
0: Oh, yeah. We had that happen. Oh, my gosh. We could go on and on for hours. Long story short, we are very unconventional, I would say. Right? I mean, because yeah. our relationship, people, I, mean, I think, I mean, we should be proud that we've been together for as long as we have.
2: You know one thing I've learned through all this? What? You can't hide a car from a repo man.
4: <laughs> I, was,
2: I, I thought I could get them. I remember thinking... <laughs> i remember thinking Dude, is it sad
0: that we can laugh about it? i'm glad that we can laugh about it now i remember
2: and taking that lexus no it was my honda ridgeline <laughs> yeah, and thinking
3: I, I took it to work
2: well no i left i kept it in the garage for so long because so i'm like he's gonna have to bust this garage door down <laughs> and then i remember thinking i could just hide it around town he'll never find it oh. those dudes man they're they're good they
0: found it at the radio station and repoed it right there yeah So we have we have been through a lot. I'm I'm actually like the one. My one goal for this episode was to not cry. Yeah. Well. My toes have been crunched. No, my (laughs) toes have been crunched this whole time. Yeah. Because that's probably like I just wanted to. I wanted to be able to stay, like connected and in tune with, with you know our story and not because you know me. Once I get emotional and I start crying, I need a nap. And yeah. I, I'm done. I'm out for the count. I'm, I'm useless. I'm useless once I get to that point. You did good. But you you almost got me. Oh, I did. Because you started to get emotional.
2: Oh, yeah. Well,
4: I did well, you emotional. did.
0: You did get emotional.
4: Tonight on Lifetime.
0: I came to the conclusion that we were done. Yeah. That our, our marriage was over.
4: Sometimes
0: the best love stories are
4: unconventional.
2: If I feel like I'm going to lose control, I leave the room. Or I'll go for a drive or take a walk.
0: Or, or just jump out of the car Give like you done Or many. jump out of the car.
2: <laughs>
4: Shonda.
0: Because you know me, once I get emotional and I start crying, I need a nap.
2: Dave. I know for me, I try to listen. Yeah. I also take Wellbutrin.
4: <laughs> In the made-for-TV movie, no one's watching. Am
2: I hard to deal with?
4: Yeah.
2: Am I hard to deal with? Yeah. <laughs> Am I hard to deal with? Shonda and I, we will straight up start fighting right in front of you <laughs> like we will not so, even hesitate
4: two people overcoming life's toughest obstacles
2: separated
4: almost
0: divorced probably 27 times I think bankruptcy
2: I even, bankruptcy it. house foreclosed cars that got repoed so that their love
4: can conquer
2: all you know well, that's a load of crap. Look, honestly, we're shocked they're still together. Cameron Diaz
0: as Shonda. I'm like a chill-be Cameron Diaz now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Bear Grylls as Dave. You know one thing I've learned through all this? What? You can't hide a car from a repo man. <laughs> <laughs> with special guest Dog the Bounty Hunter as the repo man. I with- think
0: people listening to this are, are super uncomfortable? because Maybe. They get- probably.
4: <laughs> Am I hard to deal with? An unconventional love story.
2: But don't let us fool you. I don't think we're good at it. On
4: Lifetime. What? What? Oh. Just canceled by Lifetime. Airing never. Whoa,
0: hold up. Did you hear? Uh, Yee-haw. On the next Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. Coming up next week, it's episode number two of the unconventional love story series. It's called I Heart You Through the Ups and Downs. Now, this one's all about being in a relationship while struggling with a mental illness. No, it's not Dave and I. Not this time. Ooh, that's a little taste of what's to come next week on Intentionally Disruptive. This podcast is all about everyday people sharing their story, their triumphs, because, I mean, we're all broken. Every single one of us are broken and a constant work in progress and this is all about people helping people and you helped me
4: today. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.